new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on InsideCarolina.com, an episode of the Coast to Coast podcast. I'm just your host, Joey Powell, but with me as always, the two guys you are here to see and hear from and listen to and learn from, Sean Moran, Sherelle McMillan. Real, how you feeling? I'm all right, man. Yourself? Man, if I was any better, there'd be two of me in the world. Ain't ready for that. Sean, how are you? Good. I'm good. Uh, well, we appreciate you guys joining us here as we record this on a beautiful Sunday evening slash afternoon here in North Carolina. Sean's on the left coast. Sherelle is just outside of exit 49 uh, on Highway 85. South. Yes, south. With the F, South. Sued, South, S-O-U-F-F. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with 95 South, which is much better than the whoop, there it is version, because we around here on this podcast, we know that woot is the only there it is that we honor. But we appreciate you guys joining us here on InsideCarolina.com. If you have not, follow us on social media. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on whatever means you're getting this podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. That way you can have it delivered directly to your device. You don't even have to do anything. It just pops up. You hear us. You learn. You get smarter. You're one of the cool kids, et cetera, et cetera, uh, at Infinitum. Today, we got some stuff we want to talk about. Um, I want to give a shout out to Johnny T-Shirt before we get rolling. But the stuff we want to talk about today is uh, on the Coast to Coast, you know, we talk about basketball and basketball recruiting. And right now, we're in the middle of recruiting season. UNC, as we have set up for you in the past, has had an amazing slate lined up of visits with uh, hot prospects that they've identified for basketball. And what I want to do first, we're going to break out the visits that are completed. As we record this on the 13th of June, uh, there are four players that have already taken their visits. We're going to hear Sean and Sherelle's kind of synopsis of those guys. We'll talk about who's left to come. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll talk about uh, some more of the kind of stock up, stock down, larger, wider angle lens view of these players. With that being said, shout out to John T-Shirt for sponsoring the show. We'll talk about more from them in a minute. Visits that are completed so far. Will Shaver. Uh, is it Jalen Washington? I'm going to get Jalen's and my Jane's mixed up. Jalen Washington, Austin Taylor, and just finished this week, Derek Lively. Uh, Sherelle, what can you tell us about all four of those players from a sense of, you know, some of them you've been able to talk to, some are rather evasive, some you're just trying to give the kids some space because you know that this isn't their only world. What are your thoughts based on the four visits that have happened already, and how do you feel like Carolina fans and the coaching staff feel? Um, you know, it's, it's cliche because after every visit, you ask someone how it went and they say, Oh, it went, went great. Visit was good. You know, Nobody's ever like, told you it was the worst <laughs> visit they've ever had in their lives. I mean, so, somebody said that not about UNC. Uh, I won't say <laughs> who it was, but I, I've heard that one like once or twice, like actually that confirmed that we didn't want to go to that school. <clears throat> I have heard someone say that, but in general, you're never going to hear that. So it's kind of trying to more so talk to the people around 
um, the recruit and kind of get their feelings, say, okay, yeah, it was great. We know they blew you away. We know you did this, you did that. What really stood out to you all? And I think that's where the, the meat and the, and the true answer has come from. And I would say in, in doing that background, I think they really made an impression on Jalen Washington. They obviously made an impression on Will Shaver. I think they made an impression on, on Justin Taylor as well. Um, Taylor and Derek Lively, we haven't been able to talk to you yet. Um, I think Taylor actually just gave uh, like a, a couple quotes uh, to a media member here for the first time this month uh, earlier today. Um, but, you know, kind of what we've been hearing is that the visit did go well and not just like a cursory visit that went well. Like actually it, it, there was movement. Uh, we talked to someone close to him and just talked to, they raved about how good of a job the North Carolina staff did um, with talking to Justin with recruiting him and everything. So I, you know, I think, you know um, I think they're in a good spot. I would say that I think North Carolina has always been a program that if they can get you on campus, you know, they feel really good about their chances. And I think that's the same thing with, with Lively, with, with Taylor, with Washington, obviously, again, with Shaver. I think uh, Washington, I think that was a, a big mover. And I think that really opened some eyes. Um, I think you can tell from his, his post-visit interview and then talking to people around him. So, you know, I don't know who's deciding when, but you asked a couple of weeks ago if UNC would have to commit. And I was like, no. And of course, you know, two days later, Will Shaver commit. Like, <laughs> Will Shaver does not care for your predictions, sir. It is the curse of this podcast. Every time we say something's <laughs> not going to happen, it happens within a day. Um, but, I, you know, I think they have a, a very solid chance with, with a few of these guys. Like, I really, really think they've done a good job in the visits from not just your your general it went well, but from actually talking to people and trying to get down to whether it really did go well or not. Something I do want to put out there too, for our listeners and folks that are inside, inside Carolina subscribers and readers, we understand that, you know, there's always this desire to hear from, from these recruits post visit. And please know the IC staff, if they can get one, we'll get an interview with these kids, but sometimes some of these players just don't want to talk or they've been, you know, they've been burned before, or they've, you know, they get tired of talking to publications. So just kind of understand that if, if there's news to be shared that I see will, as always share it with you and they will double, triple confirm it. Uh, when I say they, it means Sherelle, uh, Don, any of the recruiting guys. And of course, Greg, uh, Ross, any of the people that write for Inside Carolina, they're going to triple confirm something. They're not just going to print something just to have a, a post-interview release. All right, let me get off my soapbox. Sean, out of those four, those four players, you've actually had a chance to, to see some of these guys play. I know you've done a really good um, kind of synopsis of their game a little bit uh, that you've posted a lot of on Inside Carolina in the past. Any of these guys, do you feel like between Shaver, Washington, Taylor, and Lively that you think would preclude each other? you know, just based on how their games fit? Um, it's a good, I'm definitely not with, with Taylor, given he's, he's more of a wing and the, you know, the other three are, are bigs. Um, I think Washington is being pitched more, you know, at the four, four spot, kind of the four, five, four. Um, and lively, you know, I think is a, is a true five. So I could see him and Shaver uh, from a positional standpoint being the same, but I think in, in terms of, you know, talent level lively is most likely going to be a, a one and done type player. So it could be a, a role where, you know, maybe he's getting the, the earlier playing time and then shavers, you know, one that's coming along and as, as his career goes is, is building, building into, um, you know, what everybody hopes and expects, you know, in, in year three and four. So I would say really, uh, you know, shaver and, and lively in terms of the positional aspects and, you know, 
from Sherelle's article, Washington, they talked about before, I still think, uh, you know, he'd be more comfortable at the five, you know, if they're playing the small ball lineup. But um, once again, we'll, we'll kind of see how that narrative shapes out. And I know we talked about it last time with Shaver is that I don't think he's going to be staring, you know, any of the top 20 guys away by any means, but he's a good roading block to build on uh, for the long term. So two questions I want to ask you. Um, one, do you feel like all four of those guys that have visited UNC so far could start in year one if they were to commit to Chapel Hill? You know, we know Shaver already has, but do you feel like uh, the three other players could start independent of any roster analysis? Do you feel like they have the talent to start at, at North Carolina? Yeah, well, I mean, I think from a, a big man position, that there will definitely be a need with really McCoy as the, the lone, you know, the lone returner that we know of obviously there's the potential transfer transfer portal etc um but washington i think definitely uh you know derek lively from a talent standpoint i think there's still you know still a lot of improvement offensively uh but defensively you know right off the bat you know he's seven basically seven feet and can run the floor block shots he's still kind of growing into his body uh but he was i know we'll probably get into this but i think he was one of the standouts that everybody really talked about from the Pangos event this past week um, that I know Bossy and a lot of others were at. And it was really the first time you've been able to kind of get, you know, such a large group of talented players together in the, in the same spot outside of these more regional AAU tournaments. Do you think, so this is the second question I promised you, do you think Lively could actually go some route of pro basketball instead of coming to college? I mean, do you see that in his game? Do you think that that could actually be a path for him? I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think definitely. Um, and I say that more just with how competitive, uh, G, you know, the G League as well as overtime elite are going to be in terms of, especially more for overtime elite of trying to build, you know, that roster of 20 to 30, 30 players where they have four right now. Um, I think his size, his athletic ability definitely all stand out in terms of, you know, here's a guy that maybe he goes straight to the pros. I think from a, a body you know, he still needs to get stronger. He still needs to um, be more assertive on the offensive end. Even in AAU, he's playing with two of the top three guys in the country and Jalen Duran and um, uh, Imani Bates, I almost forgot the, the, the name of the top ranked player, but so he, you know, he's not a focal point on offense, uh, but everything you read, he has, you know, he has range out to the three-point line, but I think, you know, he could easily get maybe pushed around or, um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be a top option in, in one of those leagues. But at the same time, I think he's probably definitely getting the recruiting pitches from from the two uh, two leagues. Awesome. Appreciate that rundown. And I, I do think there's been some scuttlebutt. You mentioned the Pangos, uh, the Pangos event, and then also just I think people seeing – uh, what Lively's skill set is. Uh, there's absolutely been some some discussion about, you know, does he does he just, you know, avert college altogether? Uh, and every time I see Derek Lively's name, the Bob Marley "Lively Up Yourself" song comes up in my head. So I've been in a good mood today while we're while we've been talking. Okay, the next group I want to talk about are the guys that still have visits scheduled: uh, Jaden Bradley, Seth Trimble, Isaac Trout, and Tyler Nickel. And I want to discuss those a little bit. Cheryl, I'm going to come back to you, kind of same format. Uh, which of these kids do you feel like UNC probably needs to make up the most ground with? Uh, which of them do you think 
Uh, North Carolina probably has the biggest end. Just give me your your overall feelings as to what we can expect from these next four visits as we're halfway through with June. I would say, uh, you know, obviously Seth Trimble was probably the one Carolina had the biggest end with, not because um, of really anything other than, you know, he's been on campus, I want to say hundreds of times, but a lot of times uh, with his older brother. So they have that going for them. I don't think that's going to particularly impact uh, this recruitment other than that. Um, but that is an end for UNC. And then I would say, uh, you know, Jaden Bradley is coming next week as well. And Bradley's already visited Michigan. Um, he was at Alabama this past weekend. Trimble's already visited Marquette. He will have visited Michigan before he goes to um, Chapel Hill. Um, so you can start to see kind of North Carolina and Michigan here lately, really um, honing in on some of the same players. Uh, Jalen Washington has a Michigan offer, uh, I believe, and some other players. So I find that interesting and that those two programs are starting to compete with each other a little bit more than they have um, in the past. Jalen Wilson a couple of years ago was another one um, who they both recruited. <clears throat> so uh, you, you have those two. And then uh, Isaac Trout um, is coming towards the end of the month and as is Tyler Nickel. And Nickel is the only one um, of this entire group who – has yet to receive a UNC scholarship offer. Uh, the assumption is maybe if they like him enough, it'll come on the visit. Um, but I think it says a lot about his interest that he's willing to even take a visit or an official visit, uh, which his father told us, to UNC without a scholarship offer. So you have to think Nickel and, and maybe Trimble seem to, to be um, the, the most in for UNC. Trimble because of a family relationship, Nickel because he's visiting officially without an offer. And then there's Trout. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't really know, again, from Nebraska, a lot of people don't know um, what he's thinking or, or how far he's willing to go from home. But, uh, you know, we, we know he's talking to some Carolina uh, commits. You know, there's the whole video with him in a Carolina T-shirt dunking and everybody's trying to put pieces together. But, um, you know, we'll see. Again, once UNC gets guys on campus, they are very confident in their abilities to showcase, you know, not really – uh, you know, playing time or, or selling themselves, but showcase the program and the family environment. And they, they do it well, and they've done it well for a long time. So I, I would say all bets are off. And if you af ask if there's going to be another commitment before July, I think this time I'll say yes, just because last time <laughs> I said no. So like the odds are maybe this time I'll get it right. But um, yeah, I, I think some of these guys are, are close to, to making decisions one way or the other on particular schools. And these visits over the next couple of weeks are going to push them one way or the other. I gotta say, man, you've you've really uh, you're really showing the your veteran savvy and and learning how the podcast works and trying to call your call your bets in. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, you make a great point about Michigan and North Carolina, and that's probably something we could spend a full a full podcast talking about. You know, in the sense of how many parallels there are between these two schools. Now, they're both public, have great reputations for education, while their geographic separation is you know something that's likely kept them separated for recruiting in the past. There's a whole lot of similarities now. Um, I think Michigan still sees themselves as, you know, a, a powerhouse uh, based on their historical success. Uh, you know, you, you've got two guys that are head coaches that used to play in the NBA. There's a lot of parallels there. And since you point that out, I think it's something that our listeners and viewers should probably pay attention to is how many guys are now uh, having that Venn diagram overlap between scholarship offers from both staffs. Uh, Sean, what's something that you're – uh, you're expecting out of these coming players, you know, again, these are different set, you know, whereas the first guys that came and played, you saw a lot of, of guys that played, uh, you know, to your point, the four or five, uh, some, you know, some, one wing player. 
uh, and Taylor, but then it looks like we're going to have a little more from the wing and a little more backcourt action. If you're just analyzing the position play for these guys that are coming in the next four, what are your thoughts about how they may fit or what their games may bring to Chapel Hill? Should they uh, decide to wear the Carolina blue? Yeah. Well, I think in general, one of the things when, when I first saw the larger list, you know, that got me excited was, you know, there's a lot of positional difference between, between everybody. Sure. There's overlap between one or two guys, but for the most part, you're really fitting, you're really seeing all, almost all positions, um, you know, come on campus during the month of June. And, and now you're, you're starting to, you'll, you'll see more of the, the guard and, and wing oriented players. Um, so I think with uh, Bradley and Trimble, once again, that's back to back. And I think, you know, just nature's course, you're going to be, you know, they're, they're, they know each other's are, you know, back to back. So I think there's going to be, could be pressure uh, more so than kind of standard, standard visit in, in terms of if somebody really likes Carolina of feeling that pressure to be the first, uh, first one. And then, when you go down to, to Trout and Nickel, um, you know, Trout's more of kind of a, a true, you know, I'd say modern four, kind of a stretch four, where he'd be like a 4-3 versus Washington, uh, who I think, you know, 4-5, four, 5-4. Five, five, four. And then you have Nickel, who, you know, I think is almost a little bit in the same, kind of a mix between Trout and Taylor almost. Um, so I think right there you have really two positions that that can compete with the, the point guard. Um, and then – and coming in on the, the wing, potentially stretch for uh, position. So once again, when you look at it throughout the whole month, you have a lot of uh, positional versatility, uh, but it, it does seem like there's a little bit of the grouping going together when it comes to, you know, the different different weeks in June and the positions that they're looking at. I think that definitely sets up, uh, sets up well for how the, uh, I guess the well-known scrimmages shake out between current uh, current players and, and former players on campus when you get these recruits there. It was, it was a lot of the the bigger guys, and now you're bringing some backcourt players here for the for the next couple of weeks. Sherelle, I want to ask you this one very poignantly. Um, Jaden Bradley and Seth Tremble play the same position, uh, very similar. Do you think this is an either-or situation for North Carolina? I mean, you know, when you have a chance to take both talents, you would think that Carolina would take both if they both wanted to come. But as Sean and I were talking before the show, I kind of feel like they probably won't want to play with each other just because of the way their games are set up. How do you feel like that that sets up for, for Hubert Davis and his staff with both of those kids coming back to back? Yeah, for North Carolina, I think for sure they would take both of them. You know, they wouldn't turn either of them down. It's just a matter that the, the likelihood that those two guys will want to play together, considering the position overlap is, is, is very slim. I'm not going to say never because you just don't know, but it, it's it's very, very unlikely. So I think the way Hebert Davis approaches it is he, he's he's recruiting both of those guys hard as if they are his primary target. And, uh, you know, if they get one of them, they'll be happy. If, you know, obviously they want to get at least one of them. They seem to be um, pulled out from the rest of the class as far as North Carolina's um, uh, you know, lead guard, what, what they want in the lead guard. Now they have talked to other, some other guys who, who play in the backcourt, but they don't have offers and they haven't confirmed uh, visits or official visits or anything. So these, these two guys are kind of it for now. Um, so I think you know, the, the plan is to see which one, you know, is ready to maybe make a commitment or, 
or kind of say, hey, in, in the background, I, I think you're my leader, but I just want to be sure and check out a couple more schools, that kind of thing. So I think that's what they're trying to kind of figure out, kind of fill out where they are in the, in the decision-making process. You know, if somebody, if one of these two guys says, you know what, actually, I think I'm going to push this into the spring. Well, then, you know, Carolina probably goes in a different direction. So you're trying to find ways to differentiate between the two. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen in the visit. And I think the families are doing the exact same thing. I think, um, you know, Jaden Bradley's family, Seth Trimble's family, they've never watched a Hubert Davis coach team, you know, play before. No one right. has. So <laughs> you want to, it, it, it's a little bit of a leap of faith um, to commit to a first year head coach, not knowing his style of play. You can't go back and look at his tape from Stony Brook and say, oh, yeah. this is how he coached Stony Brook in 05. You know, he, there's, that's not there. So I think the visits for Hubert Davis are more about like, making them comfortable with him and his personality, his staff, and then showing them in detail in the film room what he hopes to accomplish on the court and how his system is going to differentiate from Coach Williams. It's because, um, you know, when you think Carolina basketball, you're still thinking Coach Williams. It's, it's going to take some time sure. for people not to think that. So I, to me, that's what the visits are for from the family side. And then I think um, Hubert Davis, once he shows them, you know, kind of his vision, then that will be able to – help them decide, okay, well, I, I think Bradley is feeling this or Trimble's feeling this, so we should go this way or we should go that way. So it's, it's very, it's all very fluid uh, at the moment, but I think we'll have a better idea, you know, by this time next weekend, more than likely. One of the things that I love about this podcast is Sherelle's affinity for Stony Brook. Uh, I think <laughs> if, we, if we go back and listen to a lot of episodes back to back, you guys will learn that Sherelle McMillan, amongst many other things, is a fan of Stony Brook. And the only thing I think that compares to Sherelle's fandom for Stony Brook is our fandom for Johnny T-Shirt. I want to give Johnny T-Shirt a big shout out. How you like that segue? Was that all right? Bro. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's top level. Uh, I want to make sure we give our friends over Johnny T-Shirt a lot of love, much like Sherelle does with Stony Brook. Johnny T-Shirt, uh, absolutely the home if you need UNC swag. Uh, perused over to their corner of the web the other day, saw the site. They've got some new stuff in. Uh, they've got the brand new Jumpman UNC football polos ready for fall. Uh, I saw Sherelle's eyebrows a little ruffle there for a second. He's, he's probably keenly aware of that. Uh, they've actually got something that I mentioned on another podcast. They've got the bars of Chapel Hill on a beach towel. Hmm. So if you think about beaches and booze and bars, why not get you a beach towel that's got all the famous bars of Chapel Hill on it? Take it with your family when you go to the pool or the, the beach or wherever it is that you're going to spend your time this summer. All I'm saying, y'all, is Johnny T-shirt has it. That spectrum I just listed is enough to make anybody's head spin all the way from UNC coaches' sideline football polos to beach towels with Chapel Hill bars on it. You need to hit up Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com right there on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, locally owned and operated, alumni owned and operated, and – if you're an Inside Carolina premium subscriber, you get the extra 10% off your order. Go to the premium message boards, get that code, use that, johnnytshirt.com. Make sure we're showing the love to Johnny T because they show love to Inside Carolina and help us bring this content to which you, our listeners and viewers, have come to expect from us. I'm going to press pause for a second, let the national guys come in here and run some ads, uh, keep us afloat, and we will be back in just a sec, talk a little bit more about some of these recruits and how we see the wide-angle view for the rest of the recruiting season for Hubert Davis and his staff. You're listening to InsideCarolina.com's Coast to Coast podcast. We'll be right back. 
All right. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you being here, watching, listening, whatever it is that you're doing. You're spending time with us here on InsideCarolina.com's Coast to Coast. We appreciate it. I'm Joey Powell for Sean Moran and Sherelle McMillan, who are also here bringing all the news about UNC basketball recruiting and what's happening this summer. Sean, I'm going to come to you for this first one. After we've heard about these, you know, I keep going back to the eight guys because they're the eight guys that UNC scheduled for immediate visits once the, the recruiting season opened back up and they could get these kids on campus. What I'd like to do right now is play a little stock up, stock down. Uh, Sean, you can pick you, you pick the names of the recruits you want to talk about. Uh, try to keep it to those eight. But I want to see how you feel and some stock up or stock down, not just for the player's game, but also for how they may fit in the UNC system uh, based on either some games you've seen, uh, what you've seen transpire on the national landscape, whatever. So I'm going to throw it to you first. Pick your player, list whether you're stock up or stock down on them. I mean, I think normally I'd be more of a either 50-50 or, or, you know, stock down on, on guys. But I think, you know, for this list, for most of them, I have have kind of stock ups. Um, I'd say Jaden Bradley might be the one kind of in neutral. Um, but I think, you know, the other guys are, are definitely trending upwards. You know, Justin Taylor we talked about it last time, the Memorial Day weekend CP3 tournament definitely had two very, you know, poor, poor shooting games. But once again, I, I think he's been able to prove, uh, you know, going from kind of small high school ball to top level AAU that he can hang athletically and has good, good size. So, you know, despite those performances, I'm going to have him as, as kind of the stock up. Um, you know, obviously Will Shaver went from, uh, you know, not really having, any of the, the big time interest to now being committed to, to Carolina. Uh, he's a guy still haven't seen him in person. Uh, I know Sherelle will get to see him the first live period and, and I'm hopeful to see him the, the second live period, but was able to go back and watch uh, one of his games today from the Rocky top tournament. And, you know, he's, he's, he, he moves very well. Um, you know, he could still improve on his agility, improve on his, his explosiveness, but you know, he's very comfortable just catching and shooting from the three-point line. He's always ready, uh, whether it's off, off a cut or, or um, you know, a drive to the basket. His hands are up, and he's ready for a pass. He's ready to, to be in the action. Uh, and then I think, you know, Derek Lively was a guy I saw early on. And at the time, he was lacked a lot of assertiveness on offense. But once again, he's been turning up. We talked about it before the pod. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top. 10 to 12 of the, the updated rankings, just based on a lot of his, his intangibles. Um, and then I'll, I'll close with Washington, just because I think he, you know, he's been, been injured um, and has kind of come back from the injury. But once again, he's kind of, you know, I don't think he'll be getting into a top 15 discussion, but I think 15 to 25 is, is where he'll be kind of slotted over the, uh, over the next year. But once again, I think in general, I give, stock ups to really seven of the eight guys and and Bradley you know at where he's ranked it's hard to kind of improve on that a whole lot but I'd, I'd put him as kind of a, a neutral right now. Sure let me ask you a similar question and you can uh, analyze you know you can use the metric of stock up or stock down based on how you feel like the staff is trending with them or how they're trending with UNC or you can look at their game I'll leave that up to you but same question stock up stock down on any of these eight guys. Yeah, I think Jalen Washington stock is up uh, just from a could eventually end up at UNC 
situation. And, you know, it's funny, uh, Brian Snow, who used to work for 24-7, um, now is the director of recruiting at Penn State. Probably about three years ago, he sent us a note. I was like, hey, there's this kid in Gary, Indiana who's really good. Great kid, you know, great family, you know, uh, quality student, plus person, et cetera, et cetera. He's the kind of kid that Carolina goes after. And that was, you know, I think beginning of his sophomore year. And just after talking to him a few times and kind of hearing how he, not just what he said, but how he said it, mm-hmm. um, I, I have to agree that he's a, a, a gigantic cultural fit, just 100% home run kind of for what Carolina, you know, aspires to be um, and, and what he is. So I, I would say Washington. And, and obviously that's, some of that stuff's not even on the basketball court, but on the basketball court, he's, you know, kind of exactly what Hubert Davis has said he's looking for as he kind of tweaks UNC's system and, and moves forward in that, you know, he can step out and shoot and he can play in the post and he can face and he can pass. So he can do all of those things, very versatile. And uh, I think defensively too, it's an area that he'll really uh, do well in as a freshman, no matter where he goes, because he's such a, a long wingspan. Um, he's able to block a lot of shots and grab a lot of rebounds outside of his area. So um, I, I'm, I've, I think Washington is is a really good player, and I think North Carolina is in a good spot with him. Whether or not that leads to a, a commitment and a signature and an enrollment, we'll see. But I, I think they are – they've done as much as they can, and they're in a really good spot with him. That should make a lot of uh, Inside Carolina fans and readers and subscribers very happy to hear. Again, not saying he's going to come to UNC, but that there just seems to be a lot of fit and that you – I think you hit the nail on the head in that you feel like UNC has done just about all they can do to position themselves well. A last question before we put a bow on this episode. Sherelle, have you been able to tell from whether it's talking to players, talking to your sources, uh, any differences between uh, the, the visits with this staff versus the previous staff in Roy Williams? It seems through four. And again, um, we are limited in our pool of sources just because <laughs> there are a limited number of people in Chapel Hill. So we have some, but uh, it's just not as bountiful as it usually is. Sure. But what, what, from what I can tell, it is very, very similar because if you go back and listen to, um, I mean, I'm not supposed to do this, but um, North Carolina has a podcast on its official site. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go listen to it. And Sean May was a guest on there with, with Adam uh, Lucas and Jones Angel. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how, how he recruits and how you don't have to sell anybody on playing time. You don't have to sell anybody on a role. What they're selling is you know, the university. They're selling North Carolina itself. Mm-hmm. They're not selling a specific thing or a specific coach or a specific person or a specific building. They're selling the totality of everything that is UNC. And from what I can tell, that has stayed the same. Of course, you do the film room and you say, hey, we're going to use you like this. We want to use it like this. Um, but mostly it's been about the, the family atmosphere, hanging with the players. Jalen Washington said his favorite thing about the visit was lounging, you know, with the guys watching the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Not, you know, fancy light shows and helicopters and all, all <laughs> the all the glitz and glam. Um, you know, Carolina, it can do that, but that's not what it tries to show. And that was the way it was under Roy Williams. And from what we can tell, it's the same thing under Hubert Davis. They're selling UNC, they're selling the family, and they're, they're not trying to pitch anybody on certain things. They're, they're saying, this is authentic. We really believe this. We live this. We all played here. We all lived here. All met our wives here. The whole Hebrew Davis speech, that that whole thing, they all have that story. Um, and, and so I think that comes through. And, and so 
all that to say, the visits aren't very different. You, you eat a lot of really good, expensive food. You play pickup. <laughs> uh, you talk to academic people in your area. You uh, visit the museum and, and the Jordan uh, wall and take your pictures and you know with in front of the wall and with your favorite Jordans on. And you talk to the coaches and all that good stuff. Um, so the, the visit isn't, from what we can tell, much different at all. And I don't think that's a bad thing because, again, for the fourth time, Carolina does official visits well. It's well known. And if they get you on campus, they feel like they have a shot. You know, you just gave me an idea, and we should probably talk to somebody about putting this together. But at some point, we need to start tracking in the database which commits are wearing which shoes. Right. So when they take their official, <laughs> when they take their official, uh, their very official visit and have the photos made in front of the Jordan wall, you know, all right, players, two players that wore the nines committed. Uh, all the players that wore the fives went elsewhere. Uh, one of the guys that wore the threes ended up at Kentucky and one ended up at Louisville. Like, yeah, I, I think that'd be fascinating. I don't well, know if it. Well, it's funny. Jalen Washington said he wanted to wear, uh, I think he said he wanted to wear the three. If, if I have this wrong, I'm sorry. I think he said he wanted to wear the threes and they didn't uh -huh. have his size in those. So he said, he told he, big may, he calls him big may Sean may. He was like, well, give me some 11s and give me the, and they gave him some fours, which, you know, the team just got right. I think, a couple of days ago. So they let him take a pictures in the fours. And then he said the 11s are his favorite. So he was like, you know, it's just interesting because I mean, if you're coming from a culture like these kids, they <laughs> yeah. all have a favorite Jordan yep. and they've all been in arguments with friends and family about which one is the best. Yeah, it's, always, it's, it's fascinating to me, like that someone I was like, are you going to play in the fours or like you going to play right. in the threes? Like, I hope not. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that, I just thought that was funny. Hey, so to any of the UNC staff that hears this, go ahead and you don't need to give me credit, but y'all need to go ahead and figure out what these kids favorite Jordans are. So you got them in their size when they come to their photos. If nothing else, you got that little edge. All right, Sean, before we go, you got two pennies for me. Uh, well, I think right now, you know, they did a great job of identifying and offering players that are realistic and could be good fits. Uh, but we're, we're only a few weeks away from the live period. So once again, all these all these players have been outside of being able to watch in person. Uh, so I think, you know, once July 8th, uh, you know, July 8th hits, it'll be interesting to see, do some of the guys that they've been looking at that don't have offers, do they all of a sudden get them or, you know, how many, how many new players uh, pop, you know, pop in that they, they get to watch in person. Um, maybe it's a side court or something like that, but you know, usually, you know, we have to go back two years in terms of the, the live period timing. And, and there's always a handful of, of players that maybe the interest uh, significantly increases, or maybe there's a few new ones to watch out for right afterwards, um, as well as, you know, usually with, with Roy Williams, it was kind of the uh, rising junior class that mm -hmm. they would prioritize a little bit more the second or third week. And then, you know, they would start focusing on them because they felt good with the rising senior class. So, there should be a lot of, you know, I think new names coming up, but once again, it'll be the first time that they've been able to actually watch AAU basketball in person versus the, the live streams and videos. All right. Well, that's one penny. I appreciate it. Sheryl. sounds like you're going to pick up the, the slack and give <laughs> us the, the, the second, uh, second two cents before we get out of here. Uh, that's a couple of maybe three or four cents. Uh, so away. it's funny. You mentioned guys who are rising in the summer and, and become better and, and get attention. Uh, watching the playoffs, I, I go back to Vegas, I guess it's probably five or six years ago. Rob Harrington was covering for us for IC and he just kept 
we, you know, we have like a little group chat with me, Sean and Ben and Rob, and you just kept texting like, they've got to get on Donovan Mitchell. They have got to get on Donovan Mitchell. And we're like, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, the, the kid from who went to the school in New Hampshire. He's like, yes, he's like, he's incredible. He's gonna be really good. I think they can get him, but they need to go after him. They have to hurry up. They have to hurry up. And, uh, you know, they, they happened to that kid. Right. Right. They took their time and, you know, he ended up at Louisville and now, you know, he's going nuclear in, in the playoffs. So I just, I always think, I think about Ray Felton. I think about Deion Thompson. I think about, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. And I think about Mitch, Mitch McGarry. When I think about God, I don't know why there's more than that, but just guys who've had kind of came from nowhere over the course of one summer and became, you know, national recruits yeah. in no time. All of those guys come to my head. Um, so that's one thing. I just fun story. <laughs> I think the other two things, uh, be mindful that juniors or rising juniors can start receiving direct phone calls from coaches starting on June 15th. So that is the class of 2023. So uh, the big name for UNC in that class is Robert Dillingham, obviously. Um, you know, he has made no secret that he's a Carolina fan. Um, but, you know, there's going to be other options for him as well. So that's something to watch. And then there, there are a lot of regional players who are very, very good. Um, that North Carolina, North Carolina could be interested in. And we don't know how Hebert Davis is going to handle June 15th. Some coaches yeah. use it as, hey, I'm going to go ahead and offer you a scholarship and, and start moving. Uh, towards the end of Roy Williams' tenure, like they kind of called people every once in a while or texted, but <laughs> nothing really, really serious. Like some schools at 12.01 a.m. on June 15th, they're calling kids like, hey, you know, we're going to make this really cool and show you how important we are and try to stand out. But Roy didn't really do that you know, towards the end of his career. So curious to see if Hubert Davis does that. And then um, coaches actually can get back on the road next weekend um, because it, there's a change a couple of years ago where uh, two, two weekends in June uh, were open evaluation periods for high, scholastic sports. So high school teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, a lot of, not to say all, a lot of Carolina targets are going to be with their high school teams and various events throughout the country. And the coaching staff can actually go watch live. Um, and that's for the next two weekends. So that's that's kind of a big deal. So just two things to, to watch uh, moving forward as we go through June and then get ready for AU ball in July. And not unlike what you guys writing about this new staff have had to do, uh, listeners and subscribers have to learn about how this new staff is going to play things. I appreciate you couching it in that example that you know, we're going to have to learn and see what Hubert Davis and his staff do with handling juniors as of you know, June the 15th, or rising juniors, I'm sorry, and how they play these, uh, these high school scholastic type events. I think it'll be, it'll be neat to see, and I'm sure if there's anything to write, you and Sean will be dropping it on Inside Carolina the next couple of days. But I think that's it for today, boys. Anything else? Speak now, forever hold your peace. No. Seeing nothing, seeing head shaking. I think we're probably done for this episode of the Coast to Coast. Guys, as always, I appreciate the knowledge and the enthusiasm that you bring and sharing this with our listeners and our subscribers. Uh, to the folks that are listening and viewing out there, you pay attention. You got four more scheduled official visits. As Sherelle said, a lot of things can materialize. Things could change. I'm not really sure if that's going to yield any commitments or not. But either way, Inside Carolina will be on top of it no matter what happens. But for this episode of the Coast to Coast, I'm merely Joey Powell. For Sean Moran, for Sherelle McMillan, the guys who always bring the thunder, we appreciate appreciate you being here. It's easy for me to say. Special shout-out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring, for John Siegley for producing, and for you guys for being a part of it. And until next time, we'll talk at you then. This has been the Coast to Coast Podcast for InsideCarolina.com. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com 
where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.